There's got to be an explanation to all these UFO sightings, right? Hey, it's Stephen Diener, host of the Unidentified Alien Podcast. And whether you're new to the conversation or have been looking into it for years, you need to check out the fastest growing alien show out there, the Unidentified Alien Podcast, or UAP for short. There's a crazy amount of alien encounter stories out there from all over the world. And the beauty of it is that I bring them all to you and let you decide what you believe. Download and subscribe to UAP on any of the major podcasting platforms. And you can also find it on UAPpodcast.com. Hi, everybody. This is Adriana Trajani. I'm the host of You Are What You Read. I have the privilege of interviewing luminaries of our times about the books that shaped them from childhood until now. We get everybody from Sarah Jessica Parker to Kristen Hanna, Mitch Albom, Susie Essman, Craig Ferguson, Rain Wilson, Amor Tolls, you name it, they come, they share. New episodes of You Are What You Read drop every Tuesday on Apple, Spotify, or any major streaming platform wherever you listen to your podcasts. Your morning starts now. It's the Q102 Jeff and Jen podcast, brought to you by CBG Airport. Start your trip at CBGAirport.com. With President Trump this President morning. President Trump. I mean, I think... Uh I think we're all pretty clear at this point about exactly how President Trump feels about athletes kneeling during the national anthem. Are we clear about that? I because think... in case you're not, maybe I should play a little bit of the clip where he he made that clear to the country. So for those of you who missed it, this was President Trump. This is President Trump's position on kneeling. Wouldn't you love to see one of these NFL owners when somebody disrespects our flag? To say, get that son of a bitch off the field right now, out, he's fired. He's fired! Yeah, I think that's pretty clear. Does it sound um, like he's wavering at all to you? Mm, sound pretty adamant? Mm, I think he's got his heels dug in, okay. in that particular comment, pretty okay. strongly. But Housing and Urban Development Secretary Ben Carson says he'll have a chat with President Trump, and he thinks he can change his mind. Carson, really? Yeah, he was asked yesterday if he thought Trump could be persuaded to come around on it, and he said... Well, I don't think he's manifested as much animosity in that region lately, and I think we just continue to work with him. He'll get there. Wow. Just this past Saturday, Trump tweeted that he would not watch the NFL or U.S. national soccer team if players kneel. And earlier this month, he tweeted that kneeling during the anthem is disrespecting our country and our flag. But there's... So uh, really just no indication that he's wavering on the issue. But Ben Carson is the only black member of Trump's executive cabinet. And it sounds like he's personally okay with kneeling as long as the players make it clear what the protest is about. So he is working him. Hmm. See if he gets anywhere. Yeah. I'm trying to think of a time where he's ever like reversed his position on something and, you know, acknowledge some kind of regret like look back on it and said, you know, I was wrong about that. Uh, like he's yeah. changed his mind, I'm sure, as and as people do. But I don't think I've ever heard him say, yeah. yeah, I really regret that decision. That was not a good decision. I mean, I can remember now. I can't think of any instances, but I, I can remember like him saying something and then saying later saying, I never said that. Hmm. Kind of, that you know, more like it. right? Yeah. More situation. I never said that, and they'll pull up audio. Of I was going to say said that's that. always the stuff that you see in the political ads for the other party. It's uh-huh. like President Trump said, blah blah blah, and then they play the clip, and then they play the clip of him unsaying it. So it'd be funny. So it would be funny if he came out and said, "I never said you shouldn't kneel to the national anthem." Yeah, <laughs> right. I never said that. And then you're talking that about clip. yeah. I didn't and then it. you play the clip. That's deep fake. <laughs> yeah, right there. Uh, Going back a few years, Jimmy Fallon 
asked Donald Trump whether or not he's ever apologized. Have you ever apologized ever in your lifetime? Think back. Close your eyes. Think back to baby Donald, baby when you were little Donnie Trump. Did you ever? I fully think apologizing is a great thing, but you have to be wrong if you're not wrong. Like, for instance, they wanted me... They wanted me to apologize when I first announced for president. They wanted me to apologize because I brought up illegal immigration. It turned out I took such heat. Oh, for the first two weeks, did I take heat? But ultimately, it turned out that I was right. And now people that reported on me are saying thank you very much. I mean, hard to believe. Actually, reporters. And I was right on it. But I will absolutely apologize sometime in the hopefully distant future if I'm ever wrong. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. So there you go. The Supreme Court ruled that federal law forbids job discrimination on the basis of sexual orientation or transgender status. Now the only thing you can be fired for is actually showing up to the office. Fred, we told you, please stay home. You don't wear a mask, Fred. The court decided employers can fire workers based on their sexual orientation or gender identity. They'll have to stick to the usual reason workers get fired, not muting themselves on Zoom. On Friday in L.A., they opened museums and gyms. Who would go to the gym right now? I'm not going to the gym during a pandemic or after a pandemic. I'm just not going to the gym ever again. According to a report, the game show Jeopardy has run out of new episodes to air. So now if you want to answer 100 questions in a half hour, you'll just have to have a four-year-old like the rest of us. All right, 643, 643, Jeff and Jen, Cincinnati's Q102. Always feel confident on your second date. With help from the Plastic Surgery Group, schedule a consultation at 513-791-4440 or at theplasticsurgerygroup.com. Surgery has an art. I'm Bradley Trainer, And I'm Don McClain. We have a podcast called Blinded by the Item. A blind item is gossip about a celebrity with their name left out. It's a guessing game, and you can play along. The item might be like, this A-list star carries a Birkin bag worth more than the average person's house to the gym to work out. Pretty sure that's J-Lo. And P.S. The person behind all of this is Chris Jenner, LLC. We drop a new episode every weekday so the fun never ends. Blinded by the Item. Listen wherever you get podcasts and watch us on the Blinded by the Item YouTube channel. Sun and cloud mix. See a high of 81 today. Right now, 61 at Cincinnati's Q102. BuzzFeed has a list of 19 behind-the-scenes facts about 90s movies that you may not have known. And one of the highlights is the movie Titanic. Did you guys know that Matthew McConaughey almost played Jack? That would have been an interesting casting. Instead of Leonardo DiCaprio. And I can see it, though. Like I feel like it would have worked differently, but it would have. And Claire Danes almost played Rose. That would have been interesting. But I feel like if Matthew McConaughey played Jack, he wouldn't have actually drowned. Yeah, I think he would have had a different vibe on that door. Yeah. It would have been a different play out. Right. He wouldn't have been the martyr that 
Leonardo was. I can see Matthew more. saying, my character would not go under. A little more reasoning there. He's a little Wouldn't more proactive, too. You know, Matthew is like kind of like an action star as well as a romantic comedy guy. Right. You know, he really jumps in there and takes care of things. Yeah, man. When the damsels are in trouble. Hmm. Where Leonardo's like, I'll let you lay on top of the door. <laughs> And I will stay here and freeze. <laughs> now, here's another fun fact. Star Wars Episode One: The Phantom Menace. Tupac Shakur was a diehard Star Wars fan, and before he died, he auditioned for the role that Samuel L. Jackson got, Mace Windu. Mm-hmm. I ha- what about that, Jen? Could you have seen that? Uh, well, Tupac was a really good actor. Yeah, I mean, it would have been it would have been interesting. I mean, it's hard to imagine anybody ever replacing Samuel L. Jackson in anything, right? Yeah. Right. He so. was just on the Willie Geist inter- did an interview with him on the Today Show on Sunday, and mm-hmm. I'm not sure if it was even a new interview. I just caught like the back half of it, but it was funny because Scott and I, my boyfriend, were like, "Wouldn't it be so cool to just sit down with Samuel Jackson?" And we talked about how kind of intimidating that would feel because it's like his voice just seems like it has such authority. Mm-hmm. And I told Scott, I go, yeah, I, I'm pretty sure I would ask him to call me a mother bleeper. Like, just please. Because I feel like you have to, <laughs> you know, because that's one of his famous. That's his word. His words. Hmm. But it was a pretty good interview. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, here's another one. Independence Day, the, the famous movie Independence Day, a big Blockbuster smash starring Will Smith. Turns out the U.S. military was originally going to supply costumes, props, and even planes to be used in the movie. Like, they had full cooperation from the U.S. military on this movie. But all of a sudden, they withdrew their support when the filmmakers refused to remove references to Area 51 which is the highly classified Air Force facility that might have evidence of alien visits. I think there's a lot of places, not just Area 51, that have some evidence of aliens. Well, that was the one they were That's the obsessed big one, with, right? I guess. Yeah. Uh, one of my favorite movies of all time, The Sixth Sense. I loved that movie, didn't see it coming, thought it was so creative, The executive who bought the screenplay for Disney's Buena Vista label lost his job over that purchase. He bought it for two and a quarter million dollars and thought Disney would be happy about it. They weren't. So Disney fired him and let another company finance the movie. And because of that, they only got 12 and a half percent of the profits. These were huge profits, but still interesting. A little behind the scenes factoid. Armageddon. Uh, the movie Ben Affleck mm. that was in uh, yes. Bruce Willis. I'm trying to think of who else. Um, Aerosmith, the Aerosmith song. Don't yeah. want to miss a thing. Liv Tyler. Right, Liv Tyler in was in it. Yeah. So Ben Affleck says he once asked the director, Michael Bay, why it was easier to train oil drillers to become astronauts than it was to train astronauts to become oil drillers. And Michael told him to shut the F up and ended the talk right there. (laughs) And uh, so you'll hear Ben, like if you have the DVD, watch the DVD with a commentary track, you know, watch the movie where you hear like Ben Affleck commenting on it. He mocks the plot for a good solid few minutes. Oh, that's funny. Yeah. I never Uh, thought about that, though, but he's right. Yeah. 
Terminator 2, Judgment Day. Arnold Schwarzenegger was paid $21,429 per word when you break it down. His salary on that movie was $15 million, but he only spoke 700 words total in the whole movie, which comes to $21,429 per word. See, that's the kind of movie role I would like. Not a ton. (laughs) The the less that I have to memorize. Right? You want to do like a full monologue. You just want to go on and be like. That's when I get amazed, you know, watching actors who have just like a five minute nonstop, all them just. Right. And I mean, that's it's one thing to do that and that be the only thing that you do. But that's only one scene in a very long movie of everything they have to memorize. Yeah. Yeah. Think about Tom Hanks in that movie, Castaway. He was like the only one that talked the whole time. Yeah. That would have been really hard. Uh, You guys remember the movie Ghost? Of course. Mm -hmm. God, Patrick Swayze, Demi Moore, yes. All right. So imagine (laughs) Bruce Willis in Patrick Swayze's place. As much as I love Bruce, and I do... He, I, I struggle and to see him. he comes to Cincinnati a lot to I shoot know, movies here. I know. He's just this amazing <laughs> act, you know, this action guy. Yeah. I struggle to see him in a super, du- has he ever played like a super duper romantic kind of sensual role? Not like that. I mean, he's definitely done romantic roles before, but not like that. More of a tough guy. But it's interesting that you don't see him in that type of role because he didn't either. He was originally supposed to star in it with his then wife, Demi Moore, but he turned it down because he didn't understand how romance with a ghost could work. <laughs> yeah, you kind of <laughs> got to suspend belief so there. If, if you don't see it, then how's the audience yeah. going to see it? So, all right. He's That's out awesome. there. I'm sure that was a fun conversation between him and Demi, too. Like, come on, honey. Yeah. How is that even going to be a thing? And she's like, I'm doing it. All right. Well, it's your career. <laughs> uh, the movie Twister, to give each tornado a distinctive sound. This is really interesting. I love uh, Twister. Uh, Bill Paxton and Helen Hunt mm-hmm. started that movie. Okay. Great special effects. Great movie. Very exciting. To give each tornado a distinctive sound, the sound designers altered a recording of a camel's moan, lowering the pitch until it created this this sort of creepy, cavernous sound. And the movie was later nominated for a Best Sound Oscar. Hey, have we tried the camel moaning yet for the uh, sound? <laughs> What's that a world? Yeah, I mean, uh, oh, that. I mean, I'm really it's cool, cool and creative. I'm That's all a for fun it. job. Yeah. Like, at what point did you say, you know what, we're just not going to use the normal traditional sound effects for tornadoes? Let's use a camel moaning. Yeah. <laughs> what do we got? Like, where do we got the kind of sounds like? Yeah. That's cool. Gosh. Yeah, I'm, I'm going through my sound files here. I can't even find anything that remotely resembles that. A That's moaning camel? cow? Uh, a moaning camel. Yeah. I was shocked. Oh, this is... Although, I do have audio of a woman talking about being attacked by a camel. Okay. I was shocked because we've had animals for 30 years and never one incident. They was pushing on the camel and pushing them and pushing them, swatting them with the hat. And camels naturally are going to sat down. Well, when he sat down, she was underneath him. I might feel kind of funny saying this on TV, but <laughs> she actually bit him in his private area. Oh. That's about as nice as I could put it. 
<laughs> Solve that <laughs> problem. Camel didn't deserve that. Yeah, I guess there was a truck stop in Louisiana that that had a petting zoo with a camel. Oh, I kind of remember that. Was at, it in Tech? Where did you say? In Louisiana. Louisiana. And a group of idiots were harassing it when it got spooked by their dog, and and it pinned a lady against a building and kind of sat on her. So she fought back by biting its junk. Luckily, both of them are okay. The manager of the petting zoo says the camel isn't usually aggressive, but... But, I uh, you know, a camel doesn't exactly belong in a petting zoo, so you can't blame the damn thing for getting also, a little does, cranky. It right. doesn't speak English. It, right. You can't control it. Yeah. So, I don't know. There's a lot of these. Toy Story. The, Disney originally wanted the Toy Story sequels to be direct-to-video releases like Aladdin 2. Ooh, they would have lost a lot of money on that one. Yeah, that would have been a big mistake because the sequels went on to make more than $2.5 billion yeah. worldwide. And very quickly, Home Alone. Writer-director John Hughes wrote the screenplay in just nine days. That's awesome. And the last 44 pages of the script were typed up in just eight hours. And this all came down after a stressful family trip to Europe <laughs> that left him thinking, what if like one of my kids has been accidentally left behind at home? And that's what inspired it. And, you know, when that idea hits you, you just got to seize it. And he just <laughs> went to town. What he meant to say is, I, what it, wouldn't it have been wonderful if I would have left my one child at home? Yeah, yeah. right. Because, you he, know, yes. it was that kid that was making him crazy he was on like, this, this trip. this would have been the perfect trip except for Timmy or whatever this kid's Could've name was. his ass back at the house. Brilliant movie. <laughs> Well, Katy Perry and the Black Eyed Peas are headlining a virtual Rock the Vote concert on Thursday night. How pregnant is Katy Perry right now? She's pretty pregnant. Hmm. Uh, what does she do? October, I think. I can't remember. I'll look it up. Okay. So she's not due like in July because I'm thinking that's a lot of, you know, concerts. It's a lot of dancing around and moving around. Or is she going to just sit on a stool and sing? But there will be other performers. Neo, Big Fridia. Oh, Lucy Hale. Neo's going to be, be there. there. Neo is going to be there. Nice. I love How him. How exciting is that? Where's he been? Rosario Dawson's going to co-host with Logan Browning from the Netflix series Dear White People. Rosario's boyfriend, Cory Booker, is also going to make an appearance along with fellow Democratic Senator Elizabeth Warren. There you Show's going to start at 8 o'clock Eastern. That's on Thursday night. All right. Anything else, Jen? No, that's all I got for now. Thanks for listening to the Q102 Jeff and Jen Morning Show Podcast, brought to you by CBG Airport. Start your trip at CBGAirport.com.